It is 2020, and welcome back into the Sioux City Journal Preps podcast here on SiouxCityJournal.com. Happy New Year to all of you out there. I'm Assistant Sports Editor Zach James, and alongside with me, as always, uh, in the weeks to come here in 2020, Sports Editor Justin Rouse. Coming up in this episode, we'll take a deep dive into girls and boys basketball. What's kind of been going on? Since the since teams resumed from their holiday break, and we'll take a dive into wrestling as well and see what uh, area wrestlers are up to uh, since since the uh, holiday break. Justin, welcome in here. How was your holiday? How was your holidays, my friend? I'm good. I should mention that we're doing a 2020 podcast, and we don't have Barbara Walters, so I apologize. No, to no, we don't have Barbara, Barbara Walters, and or or any of the ABC News. Other ABC News uh, people, or Dateline, or any of those shows, you'll you'll have to find uh, that somewhere else. But we are going to talk some Sioux sports here in, coming up in these few next few minutes. And let's start off with the on the girls side of things, as the Iowa High School Girls Athletic Union came out with their new rankings over Thursday, and really not much surprise as they came out with their second poll of the new year, Bishop Helan. Uh, in class 3A, back up on top, they have a five and two record ahead at Crestwood at 11 and one. So maybe that is a surprise there in class 3A. And if we jump back into class 1A, just sweeping things here, just taking a qu- quick sweep of uh, class 1A through class 5A, Newell Fonda is ranked at number two in class 1A ahead of my alma mater, Montezuma. Montezuma is 10 and 0, Newell Fonda is 9 and 0. And I'll go to Bishop Gilligan. We should mention them. They are fifth. They are coming to CNOS Classic coming up this weekend. So that'll be a good matchup there on Saturday as they come into town. MMCRU is sixth. Kingsley Pearson is 11th. And Sigourney drops out, and they probably should have. Uh, in Class 2A, not many area teams as I look here. Western Christian is eighth. Uh, pretty much the only one in that in our area ranked in Class 2A and Class 3A, of course. We mentioned Helan there. Okaboji ranked 8th and Cherokee ranked 13th. Wacom dropping out uh, that rankings and Esperville, Lincoln Central jumping in there at number 14. Nobody in Class 4A in our area to, to make note of. But Sioux City East in Class 5A jumps back in at number 15. With a seven and two record, Justin. Let's start off with talking about those top ranked, top ranked Crusaders. Ella Skinner just recently scored her one thousand points, so good for her. They are the the Crusaders are five and two on a five five game winning streak after dropping the first two games to Lewis Central and Sioux City East. Probably not a bad loss for the Crusaders considering the. Black Raiders are ranked, and we'll talk about the Black Raiders here in a little bit. But let's start off with these Crusaders. They've got four girls now scoring in double figures. Skinner does lead that pack with 19.4 points per game. Caitlin Stanley, 12.6. Katie Cook, 10.4. And Amber Asaf getting into the mix there in double-digit average with 10.1. I think these Crusaders are on a roll, and I think they'll continue to do so. They've got a tough game coming up. On Saturday at the CNOS Classic against a uh, uh, Mason City team that's been good the last couple of years. So that'll be a good challenge for them. And then the, then they've got Sergeant Bluff Luton coming up on Monday. But I, I, th- I think the Crusaders can build off of this five-game winning streak. Yeah, I mean, uh, it'll be interesting. I mean, you look at the South Sioux game, they won that one pretty well. You know, 24 points against South Sioux. The thing about that is... South Sioux is not the same South Sioux team as they've been nope. in the past. They're four and four right now, but you know they did what they needed to do, got out, held South Sioux to three points in the third quarter, and pulled away. So, um, this next week is telling. You have yes, Mason City on Saturday. Mason City's ranked eleventh in five A at five and five. You have Sergeant Bluff Luton, which doesn't sound tough, but it's the same team that knocked off East, so they've got their moments. I still think Helan can handle them by 10, 15 points. Then you have Council Bluffs, Lincoln, and they're, I don't think they're ranked right now, but they, they've, they've had a good season, I believe. Unless I'm thinking of teaching. Lincoln is 14th. Just oh, okay, of okay. They are 14th. Okay. So oh, I have to scroll down. That would help my cause. Uh, Mason City's in 4A, by the way. So yeah. And 
Abraham Lincoln seven and two right now. They, I think they beat Helan last year. So, you know, it's a team that's given them some fits here. That's a pretty good team. So this next week is really telling for Helan, which, you know, I was kind of wondering who'd get that number one spot, either them or, or Crestwood. Uh, when I, when, when I saw the top three teams lost this past week, um, I think this week will prove if one, one should got it, should have gotten it over the other. I don't know who Crestwood plays this week, but 11 and one's a pretty good record right there. So, so that'll be interesting. And, and if they slip up, you got Dyke New Hartford at seven and one sitting there too. So it, it's a pretty telling week for Hewan and they're going to live and die by their defense. And, and, and that's works. <laughs> Darren Colster has done a great job with that. So, so keep doing it. So I, I say, keep focusing on the defense and we'll, we'll see how this next week goes for them. So you mentioned Crestwood for a quick second, and, and I've got the schedule put up, pulled up here. They, they're playing a familiar a school, you, well, we're both familiar with you more than me. They've got Waverly Show Rock on Friday night. We're recording this on Thursday, January 9th, um, just, just FYI. And then ne- next week they host Decora, who I don't think is, is as very good this year. No. Wine, who is not very good. They're, I mean, nice they're saying awful. That. Okay, <laughs> yeah. you said it, not me. They're, they're, and then, they're awful. <laughs> And then they've got Toronto City the following week. That's the only game. Who is also uh, awful. <laughs> and who is also not great. So, uh, just coming back to Helan for a second, I think that they will predicate their success on their defense. I've seen their team play, I think, just once in that win against Lamar's. And like I said in my preview story, and like I mentioned again in that game story, I think, too, that front side – of their zone defense. It's very, it's very, very active. And they've got a little bit of length, too. Cook and Asaf are usually on the front side of that zone. And with Skinner uh, taking, uh, taking away the opponent's post more times than not, um, just having that three-pronged um, attack in that zone, it gives a, opponents trouble, and it makes them work more side-to-side more so north to south on the floor so i i do agree with you i think keelan's defense is gonna either hurt him or help him and we'll see how how they go from there but i i do agree with you i i think they take care of mason city on saturday i do see that being a good game um monday night's game against the warriors could be competitive i agree with you in in terms of the crusaders pulling away and then that game against lincoln is very very critical and it could be back and forth so we'll have to see how that happens. And then they have Spirit Lake next Saturday. So you're right. This is a very telling week for both ranked Metro teams, for that matter, but especially for Hewlett. And you mentioned both rank, both Metro teams, and that goes right back to East, who, you know, had that – I'll, I'll say it. It wasn't a good loss to Sergeant Bluff-Luton. I mean, they lost them by 13 points as a Sergeant Bluff-Luton team that had been struggling. They lost to them. Mm-hmm. Bounced back against Marshtown, who's pretty bad. And then they yeah. played Johnston, who um, who basically played them close, got them back in the rankings. They almost pulled off the upset. They came back late, had it within two, just couldn't get over that hump. And Johnston is 10-1 and one on the season, ranked third and 5A. And so mm-hmm. that was a, there's no moral victories, but, you know, that, that kind of showed that maybe that Sergeant Bluff-Luton game was a fluke. But now they, they also have a tough road here because Saturday night they've got Western Christian. Western Christian's ranked and playing really well. Mm-hmm. They just took care of Sergeant Bluff Luton. Then you have Council Bluffs on Tuesday. So short turnaround there, and that'll be a tough game too. So uh, uh, telling next two games to see see what East is. Are they, are they the team that lost to Sergeant Bluff Luton by 13, or are they the team that came back against Helan? Also, you fell behind in both the Sergeant Bluff Luton and the Helan games. So mm-hmm. is, this a team that, is this a team that falls behind and comes back? Is you really don't want to be falling behind against too many good teams. Here. No, and and I think the telling thing for East, for me, is just to start out strong because they certainly didn't do that against SBL, and they really didn't even do that against South Sioux earlier in the season, too. So I think if they can set the tone early offensively and then let the defense turn into their offense a little bit, I think that'll help the Black Creators out immensely. So if they can just set the tone early – that's going to be huge for East. Now, is it going to be easy coming up this week? No, certainly not. But I think if they come out strong on both ends of the ball this week, I think that helps them very, very immensely. And and that that loss against Johnson, I, I don't really believe in moral victories all that much, but I'll give it an exception here. 
going to Johnston, which isn't a very easy gym to win in, and only losing by two to a very tough Dragons team that has has girls who I believe they have three or four girls in double figures. No, they only have two with Maya McDermott averaging 20.9 points a game and Ken, Kendall Nate averaging 16. I, yeah, that, that, that was a pretty good watch for East. And I think even though it was a loss, the Black Raiders can build off of that. Yeah, I, I, I do believe they can build off that. I think there's things I can take out of and say, hey, that's what we needed to work on. And defensively, they played better against Johnson than they did against Sergeant Bluff. So um, that'll be the key there. I feel their offense could be a little better, though. But I'm, it's, yeah. Johnson, it's Johnston, so it's really tough to read on that. 59 points is not bad against Johnston. So and with it, McDermott scoring 25 of those, yeah, 61 so, too. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see how the defense does here against Western Christian Abe Lincoln. I, I really feel like that's going to be the key is how, how they play defensively. I, I agree, and, and just to roll off the top three scores for the Black Raiders, <laughs> Nia Du has 19.3 points per game. Kennedy McCoy has 11.6. And I think the X factor, Caitlin Tucker averaging 11.5, if she can be healthy, which I think she is, and can kind of get help set the tone by hitting a couple early, even deep twos in it, certainly three-pointers would, would help too. I think that helps set the tone. I think if Tucker sets the table – for the Black Raiders and gives do some open shots by by attracting some attention out, out outside, I think that helps too. Yes, it does. And then looking at the team that beat East, Sergeant Bluff-Luton, I, I'm just having a tough time getting read on this team. 0-3 to start the season, one loss to West. <laughs> they, they beat North, lose to Lincoln, which is pretty good, as we said. Beat East, lose to Western Christian by 14. Then beat an then then absolutely handled Dakota Valley in a physical game, fifty-two to thirty-five. I, I'm having a tough time getting read on this team of what they are. They've got Omaha Scott on Saturday. Then they have Helan. Then they have Denison Schleswig. Those are two telling games of is this team actually going to be in the running for anything, or is this team just kind of pull off an upset every now and again, and 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 the rest of the time it'll be meh. Yeah, I don't know because Sergeant Bluff. I agree with you. I just can't get a read on them either. Their three wins are all against Metro teams, uh, Northwest and Dakota Valley, I think, if memory serves me right. But no, uh, North, Northeast and uh, Dakota Valley. North, they lost D- okay, Northeast. Yeah. Okay, Northeast and Dakota Valley. Okay. And I, I've seen two of those wins, the ones against East and in Dakota Valley. And in those wins, uh, Kenzie Foley just took over. And, and granted, maybe they could have used the excuse, and I've talked about it, Maybe a little bit too much too, but I've I've mentioned that maybe their deep run in volleyball uh, impacts how how the basketball season is going. And yeah, it could to some extent. But it's after Christmas now. You've got hopefully you got the opportunity to sit back and get your legs on, back under you a little bit. So I want to see from Sergeant Bluff just some consistency on both ends of of the floor. And yeah, Foley's going to get the attention. Nine times out of ten, and it's warranted, and and maybe some other girls can step up, and they have, but they there just needs to be consistency across the board for Sergeant Bluff, and and I I'm not sure if I see it right now with these Warriors with this Warrior squad. And volleyball is no longer the excuse for lost to Western Christian. Their best players, Olivia Grandstra. Um, or one of their best players, Olivia Grandstar. Another one of their best players, Abby Postma. McKay Van Hall does pretty well for them. Those are all key contributors on the on the volleyball court for them. So, really, I'm not – you know, the volleyball excuse is now over. Yep, there, I agree. It, there's there's no no more volleyball excuse. It's done. Um, West, they played Western Christian, who, who had the same deep run. They both played on the same day in a title game. Mm-hmm. They both had the same turnaround. And and Western Christian is, seems to be doing just fine sitting there at, yes, at they six are. and three right now. They they lost to New Alfonda. They lost to Esterville Lincoln Central, two ranked teams. Actually, they've probably played New Alfonda the best of anyone all season, to be honest. 62-52 right. loss. And then they only lost by two to Esterville Lincoln Central. So they did lose to Harrisburg on Tuesday. Um, Harrisburg's a pretty good school, though, from what I know. I, I think they've got a recruit going to SDSU. They have a recruit at USD right now, so they, they they've been they've been hitting their ranks pretty hard. So, um, so yeah. And looking at Western Christian, aren't 
are they a legit team in, in 2A, do you feel? I mean, they've got Storm like I feel like game against East is going to tell us a lot on, on Saturday with Western Christian. I do too, and, and I think it'll be a good test for the Wolfpack. I don't know if they've gotten many tests so far this season, but I think this will certainly be one of them. New Alfondo, Westu, Esterville, Lincoln Central, um, Cherokee, who they handled. Cherokee was missing yeah. two key players in that. Beating Sergeant Bluff Luton's bag. You got East Knee of Unity. Um, Spirit like Esterville again. Um, you got Cherokee again on the schedule. You have Healing on the schedule. Um, so they do have some. They've been testing. They they, they had some good tests coming up too. Yeah, and and like you said, Olivia Grant took over against in that game against Sergeant Bluff, and that's kind of, that's kind of what Weston Christian has been predicated on throughout the entire season. And credit to the Wolfpack for doing what they've needed to do throughout the season and that's why they've been consistently ranked throughout the entire season and we can't say that about other teams I mean yeah Heelan's been up and down but they've been up and down and and I think that Harrisburg loss again don't know much about Harrisburg but just they're good they're good they're good and I think Maybe credit to Harrisburg for taking away most of the offense because Abby Postma scored 18 points in that game. And Grandstra, Allie Postma only scored eight. Madison uh, Vs also scored eight as well. So maybe, Viss. maybe. Ma- Madison Vs. 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 Okay. So uh, maybe that was an, an anomaly, maybe. And maybe they can bounce well, back against well, Storm Lake. That Harrisburg team is coached by Nick Mayer, who did a lot of good things in Vermilion. Harrisburg's only eight no on the season. So. Only, yeah, yeah. So, so they they they've had a pretty good year. So, I, I, but just going back to the Wolfpack, I do think they take take care of Storm Lake on Friday night. I do think mm-hmm. they beat East. I think they're just going to be a little bit too quick, too quick for East. And then that game against Unity on Thursday, and I, I get Unity isn't the same type of Unity that we've been accustomed to these last few years, and maybe Unity comes in and put puts out a competitive game, but uh, I, I do think um, the Wolfpack win their next three, even their next four against uh, Spirit Lake. And then ELC in their ELC jumps into the rankings this week too. So maybe that'll be a good test for the Wolfpack coming up on January 21st. Yep, it should be. I mean, it was only a two-point game in the first time around, so it should be a good one the second time around. And I'm um, looking at another team from Northwest Iowa. Um, going to the Great Lakes area, Okaboji, who – um, to begin the new year, pulled out an overtime win over Central Lion, where Central Lion came back from 15 points down to force overtime, and Okaboji got the win. So, um, but Central Lion only had one loss to that point, I believe, in the Siouxland Conference. So that's a pretty big win. And then West Lion tested them on Tuesday, and I believe they got the win against Emmitsburg again tonight. I guess I didn't look at the email too closely that that they sent, but um, <laughs> yes, they handled Emmitsburg. They beat him by 23 points. So. Um, that Central Lion game really tested Emmitsburg. Um, not Emmitsburg, Okaboji. Um, like I said, that was a close one, and West Lion played him tight. West Lion's playing a little tougher than people thought, I, I think, so far. So um, those are two good road wins for Okaboji right there. They are. And there's only one of two teams statewide with 11 uh, and 0 records right now. One of them's Okaboji, and the other one is Wes Hancock. And I think the big key for Okaboji is their balance. Yeah, we talk a, talk a lot about Kaylin Stumbo and what she's done this year. We, we've already given her a Metro Athlete of the Week so far this year. But there's more to that. And, and the more to that is Megan Christopherson, who is actually leading the team in points this year with 16 and a half. And she scored her 1,000th point just before the holiday break of memory serves, right? And Camby Jones averaging 11 points a game, too. And Jones is leading the team in the rebounds as well with 111. With, 11, yeah. yep. with 111 rebounds. And then Stumbo has 88 assists. So I think this team, those that nucleus of that three, if they can kind of keep going with what they've been able to do, who can stop Okobojin? Yeah, Central Lion almost did. But they've got Emmitsburg, Boydenhole, Sioux Center, and Sheldon coming up for their next uh, – sorry, Boydenhole – Sioux Center, Sheldon, Ruhak Valley coming up for their next four games. I'm just not 100% sure if any of those four teams can kind of really shut down, A, one of the three or even two of the three to give themselves a chance. 
It'll be interesting because I think they do lose a game in the C-Lane Conference. I do. I think they drop one game in the C-Lane Conference. It's just so it, – it's so brutal the night in, night out. The C-Lane Conference is a little down this year, though. But it's really tough to go undefeated in the C-Lane Conference. Um, still, I don't think that's going to – the only thing is hopefully it doesn't stay as tight as it is right now in 3A because Okaboji's sitting there at number eight and Helan's sitting there at number one. But also Esterville and Lincoln Central sitting there at number 14. So that may help in Cherokee at number 13 and helping mm-hmm. figure out who goes where to, to some of these places because I don't know. I really don't want to see an okaboji Helan game to get to state. I, I, I don't I, either. I think – but I think it'd be a really great game. I'd rather see that at state than get to state. So that's kind of what I'm looking at there. So I really hope Okaboji, if they run the table, I don't see how you keep them eighth after running the table right. in, in the Siouxland Conference. And so. that's going to be critical for Okaboji to stay at eight or above because there's this, I don't really want to call it an urban legend necessarily, but the girls' athletic union likes to protect it's top eight teams. And, and here in Northwest Sideward, since there aren't many teams ranked, there's three, they're, they're certainly going to protect Helan because they're in one of the bigger cities in Iowa. That, that, I know that doesn't sound all, all right, but that's just how it is. In, regardless of how they're going to be ranked, they're going to protect Helan. I think they'll protect Okaboji if they stay seventh through eighth. I think, A, they have to, and B, if they stay ninth and tenth, I still think they will because, like I said, Western Iowa is stronger this year. But I look at these top fifteen, and most of them are from Eastern Iowa. Crestwood, I would call an Eastern Iowa team. Dyke, I would call an Eastern Iowa team. I'd even call North Polk and Clear Lake from Eastern Iowa. And there's certainly obvious some obvious Eastern Iowa teams with Assumption, West Burlington, Hampton, and West Liberty. And even walk on if they get back in there, too. So I think if they want geographical parity as much as they can, I think they'll find a way to protect Helan and Okaboji. But Okaboji still has to do its job by keep on winning. And so does Helan because they've got two losses. But I think more so Okaboji since they aren't in that top three class. Yep, it'll be interesting. When you're talking about the stats, Meg, um Cameron Jones is averaging a double-double. Kalen Stumble is almost averaging a triple-double. So, just to put that in perspective. Yeah. Um, oh, and Megan Christopherson has 40 assists so and 20 steals. So, uh, that's pretty good, too. So, so Stumble is going to Indiana State. And her three – I think all three of her brothers all went to Simpson. I know one of them did because I coached one of them. And I think – I know another one did because he came after me. I don't know if the third one did or not, but two of them certainly did. So, not no Sim, no Simpson for Kalen Stumbo. Sorry, Brian Nemeth. Congratulations, by the way, six hundred career career wins at the Division three level. It's it's incredible what he's been able to do at Simpson College. Who do you want to talk about next, Cherokee? What do you got for the girls? Well, Dakota. Um, well, look, I'm kind of shifting gears to the boys' side. Uh, Dakota Valley. Okay, let's shift up, to the boys' know, side. Dakota Valley picked up some nice wins. But then they had suffered mm-hmm. a loss to a pretty good MLC Floyd Valley team. That's, that's their first loss of the season, but Dakota Valley had been playing really well up to this point. A nice mm-hmm. win over, over Sergeant Bluff Luton this week. Um, but I think teams are starting to get a little blueprint about how to slow mm-hmm. Dakota Valley down. They and, certainly and, are. And, and, and you've, seen, you've seen that blueprint the last, last couple games. Yes, I have. One time it's worked from the dustbin, and the other time, I would argue it worked too with SBL. They just couldn't close it out offensively. Um, if you have length and you can go in a zone, especially like in a diamond, Jason Clyde's called it a diamond and one, I call it a box and one. But I think if you mix up your zones, especially from a 2 3 to maybe a matchup zone, Dakota Valley. I don't want to say they can't read it, but they have trouble figuring out which is which. And I thought Dakota Valley's offense on Thursday night against the Dutchman at, at the Tyson was just a little bit stagnant in the second half. And, and Coach Kleiss admitted to me in the first half that they weren't really patient, that they were taking hurried shots and they were getting frustrated. But in the second half, I think there is a difference between being patient and being stagnant. Now, there's a gray line. I get it. But in my opinion, I thought they were just a little bit stagnant and a little too dependent on Paul Bruns 
and when you when you're a team that depends on your best player to basically take over, it it works. It does, but it didn't work on Thursday night because MLC Floyd Valley honed in on runs and and with Alex Van Kalsbeek back in the zone, sitting at I think he's listed at six six or six seven in the program uh, for the CNOS Classic. That presents problems for the Panthers and, and for the Warriors, too. The Warriors put Daniel Wright in the back of their zone, and Wright did basically the same thing of forcing Dakota Valley to take deep shots. And and Dakota Valley tried to drive, but Wright and Van Callsbeek both gave problems to the Panthers. So I don't know if there's a team in the Dakota 12 with that type of length that uh, MOC Floyd Valley and Sergeant Bluff brings. But if it does, I think Sergeant Bluff's in a little bit of trouble. Um, well, you also have to remember that's what this that's what everything you mentioned that MOC did against Dakota Valley tonight. That's everything they've been doing for 25 years. Yeah. They, they rush teams into hurried shots. They use their height to force you to hit three pointers. Cause it's going to make it tough for them inside. That's, that's been their bread and butter for, for 20, 25 oh, yeah. years. I know. So, so I'm kind I've of wondering if it's, if, state, both yeah, on so the I, boys and girls side. Yeah. So I wonder if that's just something where MLC got to them. And I don't know who can replicate that on the South Dakota side. That's at what all. I'm saying. And I don't know if Dakota Valley has to be worried about it. I, I mean, a little bit. I mean, also with Sergeant Bluff doing it, they've got Daniel Wright. So they might have seen the tallest team that they've seen this year so far. So it'll be interesting to see if, if other teams do this blueprint against Dakota Valley and if they have the size to do it. Right. Because if they don't, then Dakota Valley will get back to going to how it is because these two teams that they've played tight, you know, two Iowa teams, so they won't have to see it in the state state tournament or to get to state from, from South Dakota. But it'll be interesting because they've got the weapons. You know, Isaac Bruns is a very good number two, mm-hmm. um, only a freshman. Chance Montague is, is good out there. Alex Zeifer's uh-huh. been able to put up some yes. points. So, so I think I, I'll be interested to see if, if teams steal this blueprint and if they have the capacity to. Because I think they will try and steal it. I just don't know if they have the capacity to. And and, and what was a very impressive win yes. for, for MLC Floyd Valley. And I would say it's MLC Floyd Valley's most impressive win to date for the season. Um, their season open win against Boyden Hall was impressive too since Boyden Hall was still ranked this at this point. But um, yeah, I, I think that was I think that was MOC's best win. But going back to Dakota Valley for a second, I'm glad you mentioned Chase because uh, I've seen a, a good amount of basketball this season. I think he, that kid might be my favorite role player that I've seen so far this year. I think he's he's able to he it doesn't show on the score sheet, which which can be a little bit underappreciated at times. But he just opens up the floor. He drives the ball really well. He defends very well. He drew uh, a, a charge on a screen on Van Callsbeek, which I think was an important p- play in the game on Thursday night. So I think he just does a lot. Then Isaac stepping up as, as a freshman is absolutely huge, too. He scored 27 against Sergeant Bluff earlier this week, and um, I think he got close to that again on Thursday night. So if Isaac can step up and do the same types of things that Paul can just to alleviate that stress. Yeah, I think Dakota Valley will be fine going back to the South Dakota side, but credit to MOC and uh, Sergeant Bluff for having that type of defense. Now, my first impression of Paul Bruns, he's an incredible scorer. He can absolutely score from anywhere on the floor. He hit a tough uh, 24-foot three-pointer on Thursday night over MOC. And he can drive, he can pull up from mid-range, he can pull up from deep. He can score from any, anywhere he wants to. And, and I, would not want to put, I would not want to devise a defensive scheme against him because um, I, I'm, I'm not sure what I would do depending on what type of team I had. But if I had the right type of guys, I would probably uh, box him one, Dakota Valley, with the one being on. Bruns, but he would he would he is a nightmare for opposing coaches. No question about that. Yes, he is. You know, uh, and speaking of nightmares, looking at MLC Floyd Valley, Alex Van Callsbeek. He'll be he'll be yeah, tough oh to my defend goodness. all year. And I think this showed that MLC Floyd Valley 
is for real, and they're going to be a team to mm-hmm. to be reckoned with in 3A. I think they can move up the ranks here with this one. I don't know I how agree. many voters will take notice because I don't think they'll know that Dakota Valley is as good as they are. Really, but really good. Yeah, but I don't know. I mean, you know how the voters are. They're not going to take that yeah, into account. I do. I mean, and, and unless teams lose in front of them, it doesn't matter if you beat a ranked team. They don't move teams up, and that's, that's one right. thing that bothers me about the poll. When you beat a ranked team, you don't really move up, and it's 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 problematic. Um, but I, I, I mean, they're going to move up in my poll, and and I think with with Alex Van Cle- Van Calls in there, they're they're a dangerous team. They're they're a dangerous team to look oh, out for absolutely. in 3A right now. Oh, absolutely. And and what Van Calsbeek is able to do down low, just um, like he said, like he told me after the game, he wants his teammates to throw him the ball at, at somewhere within arm's reach. He's going to go get it. And he's got the going to put the ball through the basket. He had a game, win- I would argue, a game-winning dunk with about 59 seconds left on Thursday night to kind of uh, milk it away for the for the Dutchman. But Van Colsbeek, and like I teased he was you were leaving Tyson on Thursday, Sue, Sioux County has a lot of tall kids, and, and there were plenty of those at MOC Floyd Valley, and I yep. think that'll be used to their advantage big time as they, as they go through the conference. And then we talked about after the game, too, about how this win kind of compares to wins in the conference they play in, and it's, and it's very comparable. I mean, Dakota Valley would be a competitive team. I think it's in the Siouxland I think they were in. I, yep. I don't have that in front of me. I thought they were in the Siouxland. So um, I think this was a Siouxland conference-esque win for MOC Floyd Valley on Thursday night. And I think that'll help them down the road, especially – as they get closer to district play. Do you know what Alex Van Kalsbeek is shooting right now this year? Percentage-wise? Uh, Percentage-wise, I don't have it in front of me, so go ahead and tell me. 92.4%. <laughs> so when you say they can get it down, they're, they're selective <laughs> when they pass it. They hit him when he's open and he's making <laughs> well, the shots. Well, I see that now. Oh, my goodness. 73 of 79. What happened Andrew, on the six misses? What, what's he doing there? Bunnies. Probably bunnies. No, they might. He does have one three-pointer, so he might have taken the jump. Maybe. Two, perhaps, so. perhaps. But when you're 6'6 six, six like that, you can just turn around and put it up. And, and I thought about this during the game, too. And, and maybe this is a little bit too advanced of a conversation here. Um, but if you're Northwestern or Dort or even one inside of Briarcliff, do you go after a guy like that? Oh, I bet she's over there already looking at him. Oh, I think so too. I I think he's in yeah, he's in the I backyard so of Dort Northwestern. I guarantee you. Yeah. That there's oh yeah. I think I, I I would hope yeah. so. I would hope so because that's what those two programs have been predicated on, especially with Dort, uh, with my knowledge of Buena Vista and and uh. Brian Van Hafton. So I would I would bet a lot of money that Van Kalsbeek is getting the, attention the ML, from Northwestern ML, and Dort. Yeah, the MLC Floyd Valley girls basketball coach is the brother of Trent Hillbrand, who's at Northwestern. So. Well, yeah, okay. I, th- I think I think Northwestern knows. About I think him. Northwestern knows about him too. And considering that Northwestern and MLC Floyd Valley are side by side with each other in Orange City, I I, I bet yeah. they know each other a little bit. I think you're right. I'm looking at the rest of it. You know, shifting back to the metro area, uh, East. You know, they have a pretty big game on Saturday. Uh, on I'm sorry. Yeah, on Saturday night against Omaha uh, Central, the number one ranked team in Class A, I believe. Um, this is a team that's coming off a loss to Yankton, which is ranked number one in South Dakota in the top class there. So, tough schedule for East, and, and uh-huh. they went to overtime with Yankton. And, you know, they're 7-1. That was their first loss. Had a nice one against Sergeant Bluff-Luton, who we keep saying that Sergeant Bluff-Luton is a little bit of tailspin. We'll get on that later, but... Um, it'll be interesting to see how they do it against, against them. Cause I've got council bluffs, Abraham Lincoln on Tuesday. So it doesn't get any easier. You go no. sort of bluff, Luton, Yankton, um, Omaha central and council bluffs, Lincoln and a Lamar's team. That's going to be tough. So, yeah. um, I'm interested to see how they do against Omaha central here. Back to back games against number one ranked teams. I believe that Yankton lots in overtime, 65, 63, might have been the best thing that's happened to East in a while. I think I think that's a blessing in disguise for East. It kind of takes the pressure off of, oh, are we going to go undefeated this year? Now that that's out the window, they can just play. Now, did they feel pressure with that? Maybe not. But 
I think it's they can take a little solace in knowing, yeah, they lost to a really good Yankton team, but I think they can take also take some solace in knowing that they already have a loss. They already know that they're not perfect, so maybe it, it gives them a little chip on their shoulder to work harder in practice, to hone in on, on the skills that they need to, to become a stronger team in late January and February, and they'll certainly get get another challenge on Friday night against Omaha Central and, of course, on Tuesday against Lincoln, which is going to be huge in terms of Merak um, front runners. But I, I think these next two games, these last these three games, Yankton, Central, and Lincoln, are playoff caliber games for East, which, which I'm sure Ras Vandaloo absolutely appreciates in the middle of January. Well, he is the one who put the schedule together. Yeah. So. yeah. <laughs> um, I'm, you know, I don't think they ever expected to go undefeated. I think they're just kind of taking it one game at a time. If it got close to the end of the season, maybe then. But I think right now the schedule that they have, you know, especially when you play Spencer to begin the year, Spencer's usually a quality team. They're a little down this year, but, you know, you always got to think that Spencer game is going to be tough. You're always going to be playing tough games against West. He likes going to the mini dome and playing South Sioux, but South yep. Sioux is down nowadays. He's got Lewis Central on this schedule as well, too. So. Yeah. And, he, and he's got Storm Lake as the last regular season game. And Storm Lake can be a tough team at times uh, during the years. Last year, they were really tough. So I, I think I think he puts this together for a reason. Not to say, hey, we're going to go undefeated throughout this. I think it's more just, you know, to test the team and see what they need to work on when it comes to, I, I said, what they need to work on come, come uh, playoff time. And they'll certainly find out these next – couple of nights what they need to work on against central and lincoln maybe this is maybe these tests well maybe not not maybe certainly these tests are going to help them uh down the road as, as they approach the playoffs and uh, this is maybe perfect timing for them because you're just coming out of holiday break you have your legs under you yeah you scrimmage mlc Floyd valley and in, in your allowed one scrimmage over the holiday break so maybe those t- those few games are, are perfectly timed and like you said, Ross builds schedule and he's done he's been around the sun a time or two. So he knows what he's doing and I think he certainly knows what he's doing here. One team that's been tested a lot more and some other teams right now that we've seen. Sergeant Bluff losing yeah. they're on a four game losing streak, three and four in the season now their losses. Council Bluffs Abraham Lincoln ranked. Yes. East ranked. ranked. Western Christian ranked. ranked. Oh, I'm sorry, receiving votes. I should say receive. They're not ranked yet. Dakota Valley, ranked. ranked. Omaha Scott, Probably ranked. ranked. Uh, as far as I know, they're ranked. They've got a pretty good record and tradition. So those are five straight games right there. Like, <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. So they're getting tested. And it's not like they're getting blown out. It's no. It's a five-point loss to Abe Lincoln in overtime. It's a seven-point loss to East in overtime. It's a four-point loss to Western Christian in overtime. A six-point loss to Dakota Valley. In regulation, actually, I should say. So yeah, yeah. it's not like they're getting blown out or anything. They're losing some tight games right now. They are, and I and I think their biggest problem is that they aren't putting together a complete game yet. And I know that's hard for a basketball team to do, uh, especially against really good competition like these last four games. But that's what Adam Vandershop's biggest concern is right now, that the Warriors aren't putting together a complete game. And they have the athletes to do it. They certainly do. They had Daniel Wright. They had Derek Fisher, Jake Lehman. Um, and you can just go down the line and you can find more athletes down the line too. So it's not like the Warriors aren't, don't have talent. They do. They absolutely do. They just have to bottle that energy and bottle that talent and come together and, and kind of go on a little bit of a run here and, and play a complete three, three, as close to a complete 32 minutes as possible, and they, they certainly aren't doing it right now. They certainly didn't do it Tuesday night against Dakota Valley, blowing, I think, an 11, a 14-point lead in the second half. And I know the East game was back and forth throughout the entire night. I think East did go on a little bit of a run late in that fourth quarter, if memory serves me right. But East, I mean, sorry, Sergeant Bluff just needs to hammer down defensively a little bit. I think that's where it comes down to. I think Sergeant Bluff just needs to hammer down on defense a little bit. The offense is, is there. I think the offense is there. I, I don't think the defense is yet. 
Yeah, um, if they can find that defense, that, that'll be the key. And as long as they have it fixed by the end of the year. I mean, yep. Adam is a guy who puts together a tough schedule for a yep. reason, too. So, um, We had a prove-it game this week. West Sioux and Remsen St. Mary's. Yes. Uh, Mary's in a one-versus-one matchup on Tuesday. The prove-it game and West Sioux, 25 points in the first quarter. They gave him a 12-point cushion, one that Remsen St. Mary did chip into, and then West Sioux with a 22-11 fourth quarter to pull away again for the win. Uh, Bryce Kopick, 19 points on 8 of 16 shooting, 10 rebounds, 6 assists. Baxter Walsh, not not Hunter Deckers, Baxter, Baxter Walsh, Walsh, 19 points, hit five three-pointers. Hunter Deckers did have 12 points, and a freshman going by the name of one Mason Kopick. We all talked <laughs> about Bryce Kopick, what they got there. Mason Kopick, 10 points right there as well. So, um, And this is with Cade Lineout only having six. This is with um, with him only having six and, and Hunter with 12, and they're able to get this win here and a balanced attack. And I, I feel like this was a major prove-it game yeah. for whoever won this game, and and – Kudos to, to West Sioux. Uh, they held Remsen St. Mary's a uh, tough offense in check. Yep, yep. And let's talk about this Baxter Walsh kid for a second. He's a 6'2 senior, and, and he is averaging double-digit figures with 11.9 points per game. But he is also leading the team with 66 rebounds, 12 offensive, 54 defensive. And he's only turned the ball over uh, 13 times. He's got 15 steals. He's got two blocks. So he is capable of being a force down low and maybe – being a big-time role player to help out of Kopik and Deckers, who were both averaging more than 20 points a game uh, so far this season. So maybe Baxter Walsh is kind of maybe that X factor that can help take the Falcons back to another state tournament. And yeah, that's putting the cart before the horse maybe a little bit, but for Baxter Walsh to have that big, that big of an impact so far, that that's that's huge, and like you like you said, Mason Kopik's scoring ten points. His season average is six point two, so he's he's exceeded that, and he's got a few, handful of rebounds to his his name too. So maybe let, let, let's ask this. I guess do you believe West Sioux is the most com- it's the I don't want to say most complete, but maybe the deepest team roster wise we have. Uh, I don't know about deepest. That's tough to say right there. I guess we'll find that out when they play Dakota Valley on the 20th. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's a nice deep roster too. It, it, it all depends. Kind of matchups. Because in this game, part of the reason Hunter Deckers was contained a bit, I think, is Skylar Waldenschmidt. I yeah. guess one of the reasons. I think they equated each other out. God, that would have been a fun matchup to see. And, yeah, would have been. And, uh, you know, they held Spencer Short to 5 of 18 shooting. That's a pretty good day right there. And I bet mm-hmm. I'm going to take a guess at either Baxter Walsh or Bryce Kopick was on him. So so Walsh is that X factor. He he really is. Um, because if he can produce, you can't double Bryce Kopick nope. as much as you want. And you can't collapse on Hunter Decker as much as you want. Because you have to do one of the two against him. And you can't do both if Baxter Walsh was doing what he's doing out there. So And Cade Lineup too. He's had a good season, too. Held six points. But I'm going to take a guess that uh, – um, Brady Holman had a little bit to do with that too. So I think Brady Holman and Skyler Waltzman had a little bit to do against uh, Lineout and, and Hunter Deckers inside, um, which is uh, that's a that's a great matchup right there. That's, oh, that's, that's a fun matchup. Fun game to watch. Yeah. So so I don't know if they're the deepest team yet. I need to see more out of Mason Kopic in that they do have four people that are capable of scoring. If Mason Kopic can score, that, that gives them another one. But you kind of got to look at East at being one team. You got to look at Dakota Valley being another team that, that has some guys that can score and produce. Um, it, it's interesting. There's, there's a lot of really good teams out there. I think, you know, West Sioux is, is right up there with them. I think mm-hmm. they are one of the deeper teams in our area, though, if not if not the deepest. I think for me it's it's between West Sioux, uh, East, MOC, Foy Valley, and maybe Sergeant Bluff. And But Sergeant Bluff would be the last of those four. It's especially with a four-game losing streak, but it's just fun to see other guys step up outside of the star names like Bryce Kopic, Hunter Deckers, and for Rams and guys like Skylar Waldschmidt, Blaine Harpino, who's just coming back from a hamstring injury that he had in football. So uh, it, it is fun for those kids who don't get recognized as, as much to step up, and we're certainly seeing that with West Sioux. 
Yeah, definitely. And and they're right. They'll stay ranked number one for yep. a reason. They'll gain I some think more so too. votes. Uh, really, really good win from them. And looking at looking at Remsen in, in that game, you know, it's their first loss season. They bounced back. Spencer Shore got his a thousand point. Um, I think this kind of showed that they need a little bit more outside dispenser. Braden Rickey's had a good season, but he he was okay. Um, they they kind of need a little bit more scoring out of Spencer is what I think this game against West Sioux did because unlike West Sioux, you really can't you, you can double Spencer Shore a little bit and make someone else beat you because they they really haven't had that, that that other guy beat them quite yet. No, no, and, and, and I think Ramsey yeah, kind of showed against West Sioux, yeah. I think Ramsden will still be fine. I think this was a really good test for the Hawks, and, and I don't think it hurts them at all. And, and maybe it, it – well, it will help them. And I don't think it hurts them at all as they go down the list with facing MMCRU this weekend and then South O'Brien Unity in River Valley next week in the next few days. So I, I think Ramsden will bounce back. Will they be number one on Monday? Who knows? Will I vote them number one? Probably not. Um, but uh, because Montezuma has dominated their two teams, it's going to dominate their two teams this week. But uh, Remsen will be fine. I, I think that's what it comes down to. I I, I don't expect them to tailspin into uh, a, a losing streak here. That South O'Brien game is interesting with them coming up next week. Um, and then, uh, yeah, they're going to have no problem with MMCRU. Unity is a little interesting. So is River Valley. Those are all teams with winning records. I, I believe Unity's got a running record. Yep, they do, and, and, and so does River Valley. So we'll see how they do there, how they bounce back against them. Akron Westfield's been decent as well. So um, the rematch between West Sioux and, and uh, Remsen is on February 10th. So we got a while yet for that. So, yeah, I think Remsen will be okay with this. I think they ran into deep team. I, I could guard them a bit, and we'll see how many teams can do them do that coming up here. So. Yeah, really good basketball in the area so far. We're looking forward to seeing it, and, and we've got plenty of basketball. and We've got plenty of winter season left uh, to break this down. But let's hop on over to the wrestling side of things. I know it's been a little bit quiet on the wrestling side since holiday break, but, Justin, what are you seeing from a wrestling standpoint in these last few days since uh, the kids w- were allowed to resume action? Um, Wasu's still looking really good. Sergeant Bluff keeps getting better. They're having some problems with the upper weight classes, but they're really controlling those those bottom weight classes from one one twenty all the way up to one sixty. Like I said before, that's still continuing. I think they're only getting stronger in those weight classes. But will they be able to keep that up? Now, another key here is Wasu won tonight against Central Lion. Central Lion George Little Rock kept it close though, forty five to thirty six. That's an improvement. From when they were wrestling a little, um, it was about two, three weeks ago they were wrestling. So that's a big improvement over before. So um, I think Central Line's starting to get something going. I, I don't know if they'll pass Sergeant Bluff Luton. I don't know if they'll move up uh, far enough in the team duels to, to really get a good seat in that, to, have to find a way to state. But I'm I'm really interested to see what what they're doing there with Central Line. I think they they took advantage of some some bigger weight classes. I mean Jer, Jarrett Meyer up there at 285. Um, I believe uh, Kalen Meyer bumped up and he got a pin. Yep, at 170. So I, I uh, Dylan Winkle beating Kyler, pinning Kyler Bach in 37 seconds is a huge win for for Dylan Winkle right there in that fast. So I. Central Lion gave West Sioux all they could handle tonight, and that, that that's really good to see out of Central Lion and where they can be at. And because West Sioux right now is fourth in those dual rankings, they're third or fourth, depending what mostly fourth, depending what publication you look at. But I think they're kind of fourth right now. Um, Underwood's right there with them. That'll be interesting to see where they send Underwood and 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 West Sioux for duels. I think both of them will host. Um, it just depends who goes to West Sioux and who goes to Underwood. Um, so I think West Sioux's wrestling really well. Hinton is, is, is doing some good things right now. Um, so, but Sergeant Bluff has really come on strong. Now they're up to seventh in the predicament rankings. They cracked the top 10 in the Iowa wrestle rankings and two a, which, which is saying a lot. That's saying just how strong that group is from 120 to 160 in that. So um, Adam Allard still sitting there at number one. Um, you're seeing some good kids. There's some good wrestlers, some Lamars. Um, 
Storm Mike's got a couple ranked wrestlers. Spencer's got a couple ranked wrestlers. Uh, but in terms of team-wise, it's really uh, West Sioux, Sergeant Bluff, and, uh, uh, and Central Line, George Little Rock are kind of the teams I'm looking at right now for that. In terms of individuals, there hasn't been a huge tournament that everyone's been in right now. We've got the West Sioux Invitational this weekend. Central Line is at that too. So it'll be interesting to see how Central Line stacks up tournament-wise with West Sioux in this weekend. That'll, that'll be interesting to see what, what happens there. Yeah, absolutely, and hopefully um, some some individuals can rise above the cream of the crop and, and find ways to win in sectionals, districts, and state, which isn't too far off. It's in a month, I guess, I guess basketball playoffs in, a, in about a month, too. So uh, what, what do you feel like uh, certain individuals need to do to kind of get in that cusp of, of um, getting getting – opportunities in sectional same districts well you have the two pound weight allowance and i think i think things kind of favor up kind of work out favorably for a lot of the kids right now with how the duels and everything are you know i'm kind of looking at trey shot can he shake shake off a couple losses that were pretty good pretty good lot to some pretty good ranked kids can he shake those off you know um i'm looking at some kind of matchups here in, in such and um i'm trying to think of the one that was on tuesday night where uh uh, a kid got a nice one, but it's kind of right now you, you got the two pound weight allowance. It's it's kind of that do or die part of the season now. Do you do you kind of flourish or do you kind of just I don't want to say flounder or I mean it's taking the next step. A lot of these kids they got their workouts in, who put in the workouts during Christmas break, who got that extra time in, and you know, that's where you'll see it here. And I, I feel there's we could see a lot of really good wrestling from Northwest Iowa here at state again this year, not just from West Sioux Central Line and Sergeant Bluff. There's a lot of kids right now that Nick, Nick Walters from from North is just looking really good right now. He he's I, I'm looking forward to seeing more of him in Lamar's tournament. See what he got better at. And I really feel finishing in eighth place really fueled him because he got to the medal round and didn't win in the medal round. So I want to see how that's really driving him because he's undefeated right now. And predicament has him fourth. Iowa wrestling has him seventh. I'm, I'm interested to see if he's taking that next step at 126 pounds. Do you think that's right that he should be in that four to seven ranking right now? Yeah, he should be in the four to seven ranking, definitely somewhere in there. I'm okay with seventh. It's really hard to gauge after you get past the top three or four sometimes. So, um, so four to seven sounds about right for him right now. So uh, he pulled off some nice upsets at state last year that really got him on some radars, and 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 we'll see if he can he can carry that over now. Uh, He's undefeated right now. And Logan Williams is wrestling really well, too, from North. I should mention him, too. He's, he's wrestling pretty well from North as well. All right. Good enough. Make sure to check out Justin's wrestling coverage next week. He gets to go see some wrestling next week, so I'm excited for him uh, to go out into the field and do some reporting. And, all, as always, check out all of our winter coverage at SiouxCityJournal.com. Uh, photos, video. Uh, stories you can catch it all online at suicidejournal.com and of course in your print editions for sports editor justin rust it's assistant sports editor zach james have a good 2020 have a good new year and we hope you listen to us throughout the calendar year until next time thanks for listening